Morty Unleashed, where helicopters and astrophysics collide. We're trying to get the word out to the community to brace themselves. We, we just hope this thing's not going to develop into a real funnel. And in a situation like this, you really don't want to take the advice from man and go see minus astrophysics. What are your favorite kinds of woods? We use words like honor, code, loyalty. Live from Clifford Studio in East Austin, welcome to Morty Unleashed with Joe and Jamie. And boom goes the dynamite. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Morty Unleashed, episode five. It's the long-waited-for episode five. And I have a special guest. His name is my co-host, Joe, because he actually freaking showed up today. Hello. I got the soundboard working today. You got the soundboard. Thank you for showing up. This is delightful. I'm disgusted with you. Yeah, I love you like brother. That's fine. That's good. Uh, Exciting because we have our long-awaited guests that we've been talking about that we're going to have on because we actually had uh, episode four, episode four point five, four point five, which is a short episode, which was a Memorial Day special, and this is episode number five with our special guest. Wait for it. That's your walk-up music. Uh, our special guest, Will <laughs> Roman. My, Howdy! My good friend and uh, my uh, our, our dealer of boots with Cheezo's Boots. And our only sponsor. And our sponsors. <laughs> so. That's, we have to actually be nice to yeah. Yeah. No, you don't have to be nice at all. That's true. And we, we and won't. We won't. We won't be. Uh, Will Roman. Um, Will Roman is an entrepreneur here in Austin, Texas. Uh, I, I truly believe you probably could have done any sector in the world. I think you would have found something that would have worked for you. And uh, you ended up with uh, boots, which uh, Jesus Boots, I've had, I have now three pairs, and I love them. Officially. Officially. No, officially. Officially, I do. I have three pairs. Mm. Officially, I really do. Um, I don't wear shoes. <laughs> our uh, residence astrophysics physicist. Socks, socks and sandals. Socks and sandals. Yeah. Is that so, is, is that something you actually wore in college? No, but a lot of professors did that. Is that because they don't care? They've just given up. Is that when they have tenure? And they don't. Yeah, give you a get fuck? tenure. You can. Yeah. You do it. Wherever the fuck you want. You date. You date college girls and wear sandals with socks. Yeah. Tie dyed socks. Yeah. This is not good. Uh, anyway, Will. Will it's going off the rails. It's just it left the rails. Yeah. Uh, Will Roman is a native Texan, born here in Austin, Texas, and uh, raised in Houston, Texas, and then made your, your way back to Austin and ended up graduating from the University of Texas. Correct? Roughly correct, yes. Well, tell we'll me. put that into the record. Well, we're not going to fill, fill in the blanks. <laughs> not a word. Where yeah. are you from? Where did you, where'd no, you I grow was, up? I was, I was born here in Austin, Texas. That is correct. Uh, All right, we got one point. Yep, that is correct. And, uh, you know, oh, wow. Is um, that supposed to happen? No, that is actually because I have my, um, my my watch on. It went, it went to my computer. and Perfect. We'll cut that out yeah, and be- the dating college, your students, line, <laughs> and we'll have a family-friendly podcast. Oh, keep on forgetting about that. Yeah, it's... Uh, so what did I miss? I, I think no, I no, no. That. You're you're right. I'm just giving you a hard time. Okay. No, I was I was born here in Austin, uh, native Texan. 
we uh, we lived here for a while, bounced around to Navasota, bounced around to Houston, suburbs of Houston, and then I came back and and went to uh, Texas State, and then the University of Texas, and did, graduated a Longhorn. Did you take anything from the the physics side at all? The physics side, yeah, because he's a PhD in, in. You know, I actually had a really. I took the physics for non majors. Oh yeah, which what, is, what does that even mean? It's for the slow kids. <laughs> And uh, I made great friends with the uh, what is it the grad student that was teaching it, yeah. and uh, he he actually his family or a friend of his family had a ranch here outside of town, and we go out there and cook briskets, and so that's what I got out of my physics education was good briskets. Nice. It's yeah. general physics. Uh, you know, this is so it's, long ago. It was like non-calculus based physics so. <laughs> for people that didn't take calculus. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was very rudimentary. I don't know. How, it's probably not even a college course. You still talk to this brisket man? No, you know, so I don't have, like, Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. And so the people that were in my life at a certain time, you know, they kind of fade out like they used to in the world. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll bounce into each other at some point in the future. We'll be like, hey, you know, and then we catch up. It happens. It happens the other day. I was at Casa de Luz in Austin and ran to someone I hadn't seen in 10 years. It's fun. It's like, yeah. it's like living in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> that was so nice. It was. It was cell phone, Pre- pre-smartphones. Really. Yeah. So cell phones were still big and blocky. Yeah, they were. They're car phones. Even, yeah, yeah. And then even and then even early two thousands, we had of course had had cell phones and Snake and Nokia. Snake. But there was snake. there was what no you the game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah on yeah. your phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. And uh, you went to the internet, and then you came back to real life. Yeah. They weren't intermingled. I remember when like everything was Yahoo. Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. AOL. 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 Yeah. Hotmail. AOL. Hotmail. Juno. For, shout out for my Juno. nerds out there. Juno. Mm. Man, that's interesting. Well, you and I met, but but first of all, you met. We've with, never met. Okay. I don't know who you are. Kidnapped. <laughs> I was kidnapped. Kidnapped here. Uh, I met you through Craig Flowers, and that's the thing. I don't know. How did you meet Craig Flowers? Because Craig and I do uh, a radio sports show yeah. on one of four nine the horn on Sunday on Saturdays from uh, ten to eleven. Plug, plug, and I thought I got shut down. No, it just no. No, Joe, Joe, put some shoes on. <laughs> Grow up, Joe, please. Thank you. Uh, no, it. Uh, how did you meet AM the Colonel? So I was on the local one of the local news stations here, and being interviewed about Chiso's boots and our launch and and all that kind of great stuff and. Uh, uh, that afternoon, I get a call from the colonel. Didn't know who he was. Don't know how he got my phone number. <laughs> He's got connections. Weird. And uh, he said, essentially, hey, I saw you interviewed on the news, and they didn't do a good job interviewing you. <laughs> so I want to do a better job. Would you come on my radio show? And I said, absolutely. I'd be I'd be honored. And so we came on the show, met you. And uh, it, it was, was funny because I walked because I started a great friendship with all of us. I, we did, we did. And the funny part was, um, you go up to the I don't know, it's the fourth floor. You walk in. There's no one in the studio except for whoever's doing the show and the uh, producer. And then you see Craig over there with some dude. I don't even know. I think he wore a cowboy hat. Of course, I yeah. Think he, I think you did, yeah. Which was came in on, boots, jeans, cowboy hat, right, and had to but, figure out what to do with these headphones. Yeah, well, <laughs> I walk in and I'm like, "Who's the dude in the 
cowboy hat, and you were guys sitting at the table talking, and came up, and I never met anybody with so much freaking energy at like nine o'clock on Saturday morning <laughs> than Will Roman. He, off he the was wall. just yeah, just I was amped. Amped. You're like, yeah. I mean, I was so excited to be there. It was my first radio interview. <laughs> we were well, excited. To, we were excited to have you, but yeah, I, we didn't. I thought I was there because we usually have like athletes come in. And like, what are you saying? I'm not saying that you don't look no, athletic. I don't. I don't. Um, Normal guy, taller than me. So I mean, I anyone taller than me is athletic. So <laughs> yeah. Um. So no, I walked in and, and you were so energetic. You scared me. I was just like, "What? This guy's going to be crazy on the radio." But no, it was a lot of fun. But since then, I mean, how was the interview? Was it better than the TV interview? You know, you're, it was different. I think it went great. I think I think both went great. Uh, but the what, what Craig does on the when he starts to show off is he likes to tell this story about he, it's it's very uh, uh, oh what's his name with the rest of the story. Oh gosh, yeah, passed away a long time. Oh my gosh, ago. Walter Cronkite. No, uh, and that's the rest of the story. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I, know. I, I do this every time. It'll it'll come to me. The audience is like yelling it right now at us as they're listening. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so he starts this. He starts his, his broadcast off with a story, and the what we were doing when you saw us over there in the corner is he was like reviewing some of the facts and was writing the story he was about to say on the radio. In that's my it. mind, I was like, this is not going to go well. And then he did it, and it was great. Like no, he's, he did he 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 kicked he killed it and then of course Jamie came in and we you know ruined the whole thing. no thing. you do the interview it was great it's what you're doing right now so I thought it was, it was a lot of fun nice no and and at that point you know then Will I don't know how we talked in being our sponsor on the radio I don't know <laughs> hey and now you're a sponsor I don't think you ever asked I think I asked how do we how do we do this you know it's probably I I don't know I didn't yeah I you, wasn't involved in any of that and then all of a sudden jesus is our main sponsor for well no we're not the main sponsor we just do the little story you sponsor the morning story yeah Yeah. you have a sportsman's finest i think it's the big guys yeah okay i'm just i'm just just being honest we're small we're still small no you are small we're trying we're trying you're doing well okay punch Uh, above our weight so for the people that don't (laughs) know how did you get into making boots i mean your degree at uh, University of Texas is in film RTF. They don't have one in uh, cobbly. Uh, being a cobbler, there's no <laughs> cobbly. There is no cobbly. Cobbling. 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 There is advanced there's cobbling. Not, there's not, not advanced cobbling. So I, I'm, I'm thinking about all the things when you step out with four year degree, and you're like, how do you go from there over to making boots and selling boots? It's to me, it's kind of abstract. Are you guys able to edit this? Yeah. Okay, great. Because this is killing me. I have to know who did the rest of the story. My brain won't move on. All right. Hang on a second. Cheezo's Boots. Best damn cowboy boots in Texas. And everywhere else. Cheezo's Boots. Damn comfortable cowboy boots. You you don't know why I did that, did you? Do you? Is, that, is that like a cut mark? Yeah, it's a cut mark. Because it, it'll go, it'll spike. Oh, that's super smart. Yeah, the little tricks of the trade there. Yeah, it'll spike. Uh, I'm sorry. And, and it's magic. And, it's, and I thought it was going to make me like think of it. Uh, Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey. Oh, thank you. I can continue the day now. Oh my gosh, I should know that. 
I think we should leave all of that here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the clock. Okay. <laughs> what was your question, Jamie? Let's I can't going. remember now, Paul Harvey. Good you, day. Oh, boy, now you know the rest of the story. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, okay, great. I feel so much better. Everything. How did you get into making boots? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think, you know, there's... Uh, I, I kind of walked into it backwards. I mean, you know, not to... Did you always want to be like a, an entrepreneur or what? There you go. Thank you for giving me some direction. No worries. So yeah. my my dad was a small business owner and my mom was an artist. Yeah. And, uh, I, she, you know, she, she was a sign painter. She wouldn't say she's an artist, but she was. And she is. And um, I think that like this by osmosis, you know, I was also a homeschooled when I was younger. And so this to me is I just grew up. It was normal to make things to sell to make a, an income to provide value to the rest of the world. And so from a, from a young age, I was, you know, like I had like a, uh, uh, like a lemonade stand, a hustling. And the, hustling. the kids on the street had a lemonade stand. So I would like draw artwork and give you free artwork with your lemonade, <laughs> you know, to one up them. And I had, this is big. Remember mail order catalogs. So yeah. I would go door wait, to you. You get free. Artwork oh yeah. It was, it was solid. It was solid. Here's some crayons with your, with your lemonade. Go kick over the other kids. Lemonade stand. <laughs> No, we didn't. We didn't do sabotage. No corporate espionage yet. Okay, we were beating them on our merit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but it was it was just you know I, I would go door to door and I would sell people. Hey, do you want some uh, wrapping paper or some candied chocolates or whatever was in these magazines? You know, and then I would take orders and then I would get them delivered to my house and I would walk them down the street and deliver them to people. So I was always I was always doing stuff like this from a from a young age, you know. And of course, I did like the lawn mowing and that type of stuff. But um, I think one of the more fun ones is, is that I got into computers, and you know, email was a thing. Was just getting started, you know. In, in the I mean, like mainstream at least. You've got mail. You've, exactly. <laughs> you know, the web browser. I think Netscape Navigator came out like in '94. You know, so yeah. this is. Uh, we were, my mom would take us to the library and, and we would get on and we would play with this, with the computers. And I started to make websites and learn how to code HTML. And so this is, you know, bef even I think pre-CSS for, for the time frame. And I would go through the white pages and call businesses and sell them on an online brochure. <laughs> Did you, have, did you have an adult voice? Well, I feel like I feel like you're already making fun of me. I, so, <laughs> so, so I would call, and every once in a while I would land one, and my mom would have to drive me over there. And I would show up, and they would say, we thought you were, they would say, we thought you were a woman. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm just 11. So you didn't have adult, you had an adult woman's voice. Uh, yeah, there you go. I had, a, I had adult woman's voice, but you know, I was making it work. And then, and then of course you show up and there's like an 11 year old trying to sell you what they, they obviously said yes. Cause they were like, how much money you want? And I was like milk money. No, I had, I said something more than that. Yeah, how much did you charge for your services? Oh man. Like who knows now? I don't even remember like a couple hundred bucks. Maybe oh, that's pretty good. I mean, maybe 50. I don't know yeah. to be, at this point, to be honest. But, uh, it was, you know, it was, it was a thing where it was always, always trying stuff, always, always doing, doing things like that. And so, um, I, you know, then I took those skills and I, I got into graphic design and I did 
t-shirt screen printing. That's all. I, that's how I actually paid for college. Is I, I started a screen printing company, and would do the designs for you know all the collegiate sports teams and for the oh, really? like the club teams, not Clubs. like not like sure, the, sure. you know the Nike does the stuff at the top level. Yeah, like but intramural stuff. Intramural like, stuff, club teams, uh, grad teams, frats and stuff. Fraternities, like that. Yeah. fraternities, sororities were huge. Yeah. Yes, that was yeah. like ninety percent of it actually, probably. Right. So. Um, you know, and, and through that process, I mean, you make tons of mistakes, but you, you just, you just have to, every day you just have to solve for X and X keeps changing. And eventually you just build up this habit of, okay, if I want something to exist in the world, I'm, I, I need to solve for it. And I, and I think that, you know, shout out to, uh, my parents here who uh, I think inadvertently, <laughs> Kind of, I mean, well, you, know, like, like, you go to your room, Will. Okay, <laughs> but no, but they inadvertently, it's like you know, gave me these skills from a young age. You know, I remember like learning to read by my mom giving me like records and listening to the records and following along in a book, and like you just develop this muscle of oh, if I want to learn something, I go teach myself. And then my dad showing me that like okay, if you create something of value, then people will will compensate you for people it. People will give you money. People will give you money. They will literally just give you money for this. It's wild. It's yeah. a wild thing. Yeah. Have you have you had this talk with your four year old Joe? Uh, he just asked for money. <laughs> yeah. That's a new way to do it. Yeah. yeah that's it. Yeah. Um. There's so many jokes here. I'm holding back on. <laughs> <laughs> the, jo- the biggest joke is Joe has a child. That's no. the biggest. <laughs> okay. Rough. Where's the soundboard? There must be a button for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, applause. I don't think that was not the sound in my head. That was not the sound in my head. So anyway, so I, I feel like the, the um, you know, the, the background for this is is just, uh, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm willing to figure it out. And and when, you know, so you can go fast forward, you know, I I worked in, um, I took my, my graphic design, my coding skills and started doing design for apps and for front-end interfaces. I made my way out to San Francisco for a while. I came back to Texas and um, got into selling. I started selling optimization software to the Fortune 500 and big big corporations and seeing factories and seeing how they're made and all this kind of stuff. And um, But along the way, um, this is the part where Jamie's supposed to jump in and ask me about Mexico. <laughs> Can you tell me about your vision quest in Mexico? There you go, Don. Oh man. Yeah. The uh for for those listening, Jamie loves this story and always wants to work it into every time we get interviewed. Well, I just love a portion of your story. And I was just I was I was I was almost surprised about how long it took for it to bring up. So I just I just broke the tension myself. That's great. Um what do you want me to tell? What's what my, part of the story? my favorite portion is you joining a cult for ten days. Okay, okay. Let's add some clarity <laughs> to that statement. So uh, I had this uh, habit of going all in on these. Like I would, I went to China and I lived out of a backpack for three months. Slept on the Great Wall of China. Um, I went across the United States in a sixty-seven Volkswagen. They let you sleep on the Great Great Wall. Yeah, it's huge. It's massive. It yeah, goes well, forever. I, I know. You there's nobody it. out you, there. You can see it from space. From space. Yeah. So there's huge. There's nobody moderating it. I, I actually, I actually broke it. Like I, I climbed on a portion of a tower and it collapsed, and I was like, <laughs> it held off Genghis, but like I broke it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was doing one of these in. Uh, I went down to Mexico and I, I, uh, I drove. I, I sold everything and I bought. I looked up like, oh, what, 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 what spurred this trip to Mexico? 
I would take these. I would I would have jobs, and I would go into them with you know eyes, uh, these big doe eyes, thinking this was going to be this this amazing thing, and it would solve all my problems and be the job I dreamed of. And I would get disillusioned when reality set in. No fault of the people that I was working for, and um, I would want to. I would just have this burning desire to go on these adventures, and I think that um, you know it was youthful exuberance is is part of the explanation but there is a portion of me that still does these things but just maybe more structured and less you know throwing everything else out the window when i do them and so i had quit my job i had gotten out of my lease i had sold most things that i owned and i looked up i was like i want to drive to panama and so i was like what what vehicles are selling in panama and um it turns out like old four by four forerunners and so i bought one off craigslist and like two weeks later drove across the border into Mexico. Yeah. And then you joined a cult. <laughs> so, uh, I did the whole trip on like MapQuest maps. You remember those print oh, yeah, out print, things? Print, yeah. So, and so you would go to like, I would like stay at like a, uh, I would rotate between like camping or sleeping in the truck and then hostel. And then I'd get a hotel every once in a while, you know, a nice one. And just to kind of reset. But when I go to the hostels, I would like print out directions. And I was at this hostel and this woman there was like, talking about this commune that she had just come from in the jungles of Palenque in Southern Mexico. And I was like, that sounds interesting. How do you get there? She's like, well, you, um, you go to this little town and you knock on this door with like the rock crystal lady and you just ask her. <laughs> I, was, I'm not making this part up. Was that, on map crystals. <laughs> was that on MapQuest? Rock crystal lady. <laughs> there wasn't. There was no, at this point, the MapQuest was, we were off the map. And so, uh, then you, you ask her if she likes you, she'll tell you where to go. And, um, you know, uh, so I, so I did that and I show up and, you know, me, then you'll know it's my bueno, uh, just passable, <laughs> just passable. You know, I could ask for, for the bathroom, for some beer and left and right. And, um, but she told me a bunch of lefts and a bunch of rights and you go into the national park down there where they have the pyramids and then you go to like. Which they lock at night, by the way. It's not like here where like you can always leave the park. Like they close the gates, and if you're not if you're, out, if you're on the wrong side, you're in for the night. You're in for the night, and uh, so there's a you know I don't know there's a, you can hear like the ghosts, like the Aztecs and the Mayans, just like ripping people's hearts out or something. But um, <laughs> so you go in, you go into the park and. You drive and the pavement ends and you're on a dirt road and then the dirt road ends and you're in this field and you get next to the edge of what is the forest. I mean, it's, it's really a jungle. It's not even a forest. And there's, you know, there is like a little wooden sign and you follow this path in mm. and you just leave your vehicle and hope it doesn't, it's there in the morning, I guess. And, uh, and you walk in and you walk in like, you walk far enough that you're like, I think maybe this is a bad idea. Starts to set in. <laughs> When I, when I left my vehicle, that would have been like, maybe that's a bad idea. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, again, you're, but you're also, you're already this far in. You might as well keep going. <laughs> True. So you, you come into the clearing and all of a sudden there are these, there are these huts on stilts in the jungle. Did she mention to you that they're cannibals? <laughs> she did not. No, there was no mention of, of cannibalism. Um, but yeah, so you, so you get there and it's, and it's an honest to goodness, like commune in the jungle with people from around the world not not huge you know but uh like 
probably like 10 or 20 people there. Any PhDs in astrophysics? All PhDs in astrophysics. Wearing socks and Birkenstocks. <laughs> Joe, it's good to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I know you from. That's where. I knew I'd seen this guy. A friend of mine was raised on a... It was called the farm in Tennessee. It's like a commune, hippie commune. Anything called the idiot. Yeah. The farm. It's the farm. And yeah, it's like a hippie commune in the middle of Tennessee. It's really nice. But <laughs> it's yeah, it's kind of weird. Is it still there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's never leaving. I might I think I know where my next road trip destination no. is. Yeah, yeah. No. Check it out. Um it's beautiful. So how long did we last there before we said this is not for me? One night. One night. You only made it really? one night. I mean, but I made it a night. That's good. So you get in there, and they have like a guest hut with you know mosquito nets and all that yeah. good stuff. And they have uh, actual guest huts. That's yeah, great. they're Airbnb way before Airbnb. <laughs> Jung- jungle Bnb. I don't know. There's a joke in there somewhere. But the, um, you know, you you uh, yeah, they eat like dinner communally, and they it's very odd because it's like they've all like rejected mainstream religion, you mm, know. Sure. But you go in there, and it's like, well, they're praying to Mother Earth. And they're singing these songs that sound an awful lot like church hymns, but they're not. And uh, I was like, guys, uh, you like just left everything and copied all of it. <laughs> uh, but you know, they were very nice. It's very nice, very weird. Uh, you know, and they they do. I didn't partake. Uh, I didn't see they, but like once a week, they take like the plant medicine mm. and have these experiences. Is that like kava, or is it like? Uh, uh ayahuasca. I, yeah, ayahuasca. that one. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. The yeah. one where you like, you know, you you're hallucinating and all that kind of stuff. That's so great. Exploring. So they do like sweat lodges and all that stuff, or is it? I wouldn't. No, they didn't. I didn't see any. Yeah. There wasn't any infrastructure. <laughs> so much infrastructure. <laughs> they were. They sweat were lodge could literally be a hole in the ground. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was. I was imagining like that thing at the Four Seasons that I went to once. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit different. Oh, you mean the spa? The sauna. <laughs> there was no sauna with the little with the little lava rocks, eucalyptus leaves in there. No, they just gave you this root and watched you throw up in a bucket all night. Yeah, yeah. But no, I sorry I missed that. I yeah. sk- I skipped out all that. But um, oh man, how does this relate? <laughs> no, no, that's just my favorite story because I, I always like to, I always like to say Will joined a cult in really didn't he spent the night there at least this is long form because you've said that before on the radio and i don't get to explain it that's true (laughs) and then people just go oh the guy with boots from the cult Cult. that's it but your journeys ended up going through leon watawato after that yeah Yeah. yes on the way back yeah it's a great point so there is there is a there you go well excellent excellent job this is why you guys are professionals so (laughs) consummate consummate professionalism the tie-in is that on the way back uh, so I never made it to Panama. My little brother was graduating high school. And so I was like, all right, well, here we go. We're going to turn around, head back. And, uh, but I went through Leon, Mexico, which is the leather capital of North America. And so I think that kind of stuck in the back of my head. I didn't interact, you know, I didn't go to any tanneries while I was down there on that trip, but there was this, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, knowledge and, and awareness of it. And, um, so fast forward years later. So I, um, in my twenties, I had I had some several back injuries, and so wearing normal cowboy boots is painful. You know, I would deal with it for days afterwards. You know, if I wore wore them when went dancing or something like that, and and growing up in Texas, my first pair of shoes were boots. You know, this is this is part of the sure the, the landscape, 
And uh, and so I'm stubborn. I do them wear them anyway, even though, even though they hurt. And one one day I was out in West Texas, uh, which is kind of where I go to recharge, my favorite happy place. And uh, I was like, how hard could it be to make a pair of boots? And pretty damn hard. Uh, I'd imagine. That, I don't know. I've never I would agree with you. I would agree. Famous last words. You know, ignorance is bliss, right? So, yeah. so I. Uh, They've been making them for years. How tough could it be? How tough could it be? So I went to I went to uh, half price books in Austin and got books on boot making, and I started YouTubing it, and then I started cutting open my own boot cobbling for dummies. <laughs> there is. Uh, it's pretty close to that. Pretty close to that. But yeah. there's uh, there's some great great resources out there, and um, and and just kind of went down the rabbit hole from there. Um, yeah, that's it's just it was just really just wanting to solve my own personal need. I mean, there were there were handcrafted boots that existed, and then there were like comfortable ones made like sneakers in, in overseas. And I was like, why can't we put these together and build something old school the way it was meant to be built, but make it comfortable and incorporate all these new ideas that we've learned with you know impact dissipation and art support and all that great stuff. Did, what were you doing right before you said, I'm stopping this, I'm going with the boots? I was co-founder of a cryptocurrency technology company. Oh, that's right. You mentioned that. <laughs> polar right. polar opposite from yeah. leather goods. Quite opposite, yeah. Blockchain boots. Blockchain. Boots. Yeah, we, we thought about that for a while. Blockchain boots. Blockchain boots. So... We leave. We're alone. Hey, listen, I'm guys. Sorry, gonna leave. Gonna go ahead and uh, and head down. I mean, did you from the point that you went down to Mexico and you got this boot idea, then you dove deeply into it. You knew you wanted to make them at in Mexico. No, 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 no. So these these are actually two. Like it, it, that that experience. It was you know uh, like four or five years sure. separated. It was just kind of lodged in my brain. So. To summarize, we were in the process of selling that company, okay. And there was some 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 downsizing that had happened, and I was actually out in West Texas, kind of mentally recovering and hiking and 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 getting my nature. And um, when when this idea for the for the boots struck me, and, and initially it was not like build a business or sell boots. It was simply I am tired of buying boots that are too big and putting inserts from Walmart in them and, and trying to figure this out. Let me just solve this problem. And then that rapidly grew. And so I quickly reached you know kind of the limit of like what I felt like I could do from a research perspective, and. Then I was when I was cutting open boots, I started seeing that oh, okay, there's these big mass manufacturers who are cheapening their boots. They're putting plastics in them. They're not using real heel counters. They're cutting the quality of the leather insoles. They're putting in synthetic or shanks or no shanks at all, which is you know provides the rigid rigidity of the the central part of the boot. So I was like, okay, not only can I make something more comfortable, but I really want to make something that's well crafted again because it's not mainstream anymore. You know, people are, when they can't, everyone from the outside, the boot looks the same, but on the inside, it's totally different. When you, at that time, when you decided like, hey, let's go, I'm going to start doing that. You have, of course, Justin's, Lucchese, you have, um, I don't think Tekovitz was out, were, were they out then? They were, yeah. They were, okay. So, They're I mean, actually older than you think, yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think of like the competitions you were, ste- you were stepping into. Well, there's, again, ignorance. There are 300 boot makers in the state of Texas. <laughs> And I mean, most of them are, there's, the, there's a few of them that are big. I mean, so Justin's the biggest boot company in the world, owned by Berkshire Hathaway. 
Lucchese is probably the king of boots in Texas right now. If I were to had to pick one, they're the biggest legacy brand, but they're owned by a billionaire out of Dallas. Uh, you've got uh, now Tacovas is basically kind of eating the low end of boots, eating Lucchese's lunch on the low end at the like two hundred dollar price point. With you know, honestly, I mean they're fair boots for the price, but they're not luxury boots. And uh, they've got you know over a hundred million dollars in venture capital and PE money from New York and, and elsewhere. So you have you do have these like massive players in the space. And then there's like another tier below that, which is guys like um, uh, if I were to say like Dan Post and Blackjack and Rios and Mercedes Cuero. Uh, Cuero's a newcomer. They, new they're one. even newer than we are. Okay. Yeah, they're but they, they're, they're, they started like by the guys started Arctic. To be honest, I don't I know. Think but they are. I think I read about that. And yeah. are, the, are these guys making boots in Mexico too, or are they doing it here? So, do you know? That's great question. So, the 90% plus of everything you see in the United States comes from Mexico. Okay. Um, there are four massive factories that make all of these guys. And you can go there and you can see, you're like, oh, there's a Dan Post and there's a Lucchese and there's a Tacovas and there's a so and so. And. Now, you, you know, these factories have figured out that like, oh, yeah, if you come to us a bunch of money, we'll just white label and we'll just make a bunch of boots. Mm-hmm. And they're all basically made on one long supply chain or one long assembly line. And there's not much differentiation between them besides a logo stamp. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the difference that I see is, are you seeing the same Lucchese you're going to cut in half and look at the thing and the same Justin and the same Tacobus, you're going to see different um, stacks and everything throughout the whole series. I mean, so that's got to be a different format, right? Those are all primarily all made the same. Okay. Now, there is a there is a difference here. So Lucchese has their classics line, which is made in El Paso. Um, almost with an asterisk on that. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of those parts are assembled in Mexico and brought across the border, and the final assembly is done in El Paso, yeah. ten, you know, a, a mile from the actual border. Is that still a handmade boot? Here's the thing with marketing is that you can use it. There's a machine that will – so lasting is the process. If you take the shape of the foot, you know, and you stretch leather around it and you nail it down. And we do hand lasting. We have a master cobbler that does all that by hand. And all the trimming and sewing, everything else that then comes on that. You can also have a machine that does that all automatically for you. And you push a button. And legally, the difference between a giant machine and a hammer and nails doesn't exist because your hand is still utilizing a tool. The button? The button. The button. And so they can say that theirs are handcrafted or handmade just like we can. So the really the big way, the only way to know this stuff is to actually cut them open and to see, or to go visit the factories like I've done. You know, like so for instance, we use channel welting, which is to simplify. You can welt you know, Goodyear welting is the primary me- method of attaching the sole, the leather sole, to the top part of a of a cowboy boot. That's you know, for all well made boots that can be resold and repaired. But you can use a piece of canvas that is glued onto the uh, glued or sewn onto the top part of the, the boot, the shat or the, the vamp. And then you sew the bottom piece to a, a, a leather welt and that welt gets sewn to that canvas. Well, that's fine. It's very quick, but it creates a point of failure. It creates a 
point where moisture can get in. So what we do is we actually dig into the leather insole, a channel, peel it back, and we sew leather, leather, leather all the way. And there's there's no canvas, there's no glue in that portion, there's no uh, space for moisture to get in. It's going to last much longer before you do a total rebuild. But it costs more and it takes longer. And does the average consumer even know or care? Probably not. Well, the only thing I can say is that when you – it's a little bit truth that I found out. You get what you pay for. Throughout life, I've found that out. And if you want to get, uh, you know, a $250 pair of boots, you're going to get a $250 pair of boots, okay? Um, if your expectation is them, them to be resold and last for your entire lifetime, that's not going to happen. It's just, it's just not. But if, it's your, if you're going to wear them a couple times a year and um, your feet aren't really going to change and you can do it, that might be your, your point. That might work. But um, when you buy... But then again, you can go to the extremes and buy these. I mean, what's an exotic from like a Lucchese's that's like, what What does that go for? Well, they're all they're all over the board. But I want to I want to jump in on your point here, which I think you I think you've act, you're hitting it exactly right, which is that you're going to get what you pay for with most brands. Sure. And so, you know, my raw costs are approaching the $200 mark. Like there's no way we could retail this boot for 250 bucks and, sure. and, and, and keep the lights on. Right. So the, the Look, free boots, yeah, <laughs> there you go, free <laughs> boots. So, you know, there is, there is a, there is a marked difference just in, and here's the thing was interesting about, about you can look at by the customers that we get, right? So the, the customers of Chisos are people who are interested and appreciate craft. They actually want to wear their boots. They think that boots should patina and be used and be able to take riding, be able to take ranch work if you need to, and be able to clean them up, take the lady downtown, you know, yeah. go dancing, go yeah. dancing. Yeah. And so it's funny because we have, we have these, like our core audience is like guys who've worn boots their entire lives and they know boots and they come into the shop or they get them online and they're skeptical. Cause of course they, they should be. And they try them on for the first time and they just go, damn, that's a good boot. And that's the sale. And that's it. And then we have this other realm of people who are like fans of high-end Japanese crafted shoes. And like they have this, <laughs> this it's wild. They have this, this, this appreciation. They're buying $1,000 footwear and they come over and they recognize it too. We, there's, this is, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'm saying it. Anyway, so we have a, um, one of the major film studios uh, is heavily financed by uh, Japanese investors. And they used to give them Lucases as thank you gifts because they love Western culture and Texas culture. Oh, yeah. They give them Chisos now. Nice. And the Japanese have said, don't give us those other boots anymore. <laughs> That's awesome. And, okay, this, the stuff that, and you kind of touched upon it in the Tacobus is, and Tacobus is huge. They are, they are massive. very, they're massive and no one really knows. And they've also gone to, done the Yellowstone and, and branded and, but the difference I see is you're a true startup that you self-funded yourself, correct? That's correct. Yes. That's crazy. So you, <laughs> you bootstrapped this. <laughs> Boot. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, you thank need you. a yeah. On that soundboard, yeah, there it is, there it is. I was waiting. You know, you waited a long time for that one. Joe. I know. It's been sitting on my. <laughs> uh, 
No, yes. but you did bootstrap it. Yes. Yeah. We, do you know where that phrase actually originally, no the original meaning for no. bootstrap? Mm-mm. So, you know, now we think of like a bootstrap, someone pulled themselves up themselves and yeah. did it themselves. The original phrase meant something that was literally impossible because you cannot pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Yeah. And it over time, it morphed into doing something yourself that was very difficult and not relying on outside funding or outside assistance. But originally, it was it was like that's actually impossible. So gotcha. anyway, a little bit of a little bit of history there. Well, you gonna do? I'm gonna do my trivia too. Do you know why that? I was just watching Naked and Afraid, which I love. Good show. And they just had Naked and Afraid Soul Survivor, and they have this guy that's actually really good with getting bees out of there without getting killed. Oh, like actual bees that sting you. Yes. And they were in honeybees. They, these were African honeybees. And so he goes in there and he, he beats it and like smokes, then he finally smokes them out. And when they, when they were smoked out, they would like, they would bump into you, but they wouldn't sting you. And he's like, <laughs> and he knows this, he knows all the stuff. And he goes, so I'm thinking, I'm like, well, I thought maybe they're, you know, the smoke makes them, I don't know, confused and things. He goes, no, when you smoke them, they panic and they're going to move the hive. So they're grabbing, they're, they're ingesting as much honey and everything else in the hive to move the hive. Cause Hey, we're on fire. This place is burning down. We're getting the hell out of here. Evacuate. So their bellies get so filled with this stuff. They can't flex to sting you. So they're coming. I'm Interesting. Like, I was like, that's amazing. How come I didn't know that? Hang on a second. <laughs> okay. Let's get back to boots. <laughs> naked and afraid. Okay. Again, fun fact. No, fun fact. Naked afraid. If I'm naked and afraid out there, the first thing I'm making, shoes. I'm not kidding you. I'm not going to make Cheezo's boots, but I'm going to make some, I don't know, banana leaf shoes. Yes. Those are going on. Yeah, yeah. That's legit. It's yeah. legit. Yeah. Uh, so you you actually funded yourself, no outside investors. Correct. That's amazing. Have you been approached by, uh, like, like, I like to act like I know, has some VC money ever approached, approached you? <laughs> Are you searching for VC money? Are you searching for investors? No. 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 No, no we're not. And yes, people come knocking now that we're starting to have a, a reputation. Um, yeah, no, we're, we're, you know, I, uh, the first round of a batch of boots that we made, you know, we made 20 pairs and, and we sold those and then did a much, you know, what I thought was a huge, huge order of a hundred, hundred pairs. And, <laughs> and then we've, we've, we've grown significantly from, from there. So it, how did you sell those first like couple hundred, or 120? Oh, wait, can I, can I, for, I so I I meet him right and like I don't know, you know Craig finds he's a boot maker. I go, where's your store? He goes, oh I don't have a store. <laughs> <laughs> he's in his apartment downtown Austin doing everything out of his apartment. Nice. <laughs> was that yeah. your first? That was your like your yeah, first, yeah yeah the the first I mean did everything in my apartment. I would and I would have these like you know like a. Just cases of boots delivered. They're like, "What are you doing?" It's like, "I'm a collector. Just don't look, look inside." And uh, and then you know, for a while, we we uh, I was I was operating out of a friend's house in Travis Heights that had a front porch. That's right. And so when I would have meetings, we would sit on the front porch in these rocking chairs, and they would be like, "So is this your like 
corporate headquarters? I was like, yeah, yeah, world headquarters, right here, world headquarters. And so the living room was just packed with boots. And <laughs> the landlord would come over and be like, you know, just look look at us like quizzically. And I'd be like, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it's it. Fine. It's fine. So, yeah. So, um, but I mean, your team consisted of what then? So when you met me, it was just me. Okay. And how, how many hundreds of people do you do you um, employ <laughs> here in Austin, Texas now? Uh, we have, I have three employees. <laughs> I have three employees. This Which is, is a great team. An interesting team. This is, this is, this is revealing. This is revealing a lot. So we, uh, we punch, we punch above our weight. We, we, we ship thousands and thousands of boots now every year. And, um, we just, just, this is funny. Just this morning we got tagged in this and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, to the horde of, of my employees. So they, uh, they all are, we we have this we have this uh, uh two sayings in, in the office. One of them is barred from uh the seals, which is slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And the second one is pound for pound, which is a saying that we had in high school, which is because in high school you you're when I was wrestling, you're in weight classes. So pound for pound, you have to be stronger and smarter than, than your opponent. And for us it's like we have to be like ten X or twenty X stronger or smarter than our opponents. And we Get so today this morning we were tagged and this there was a big advertising agency that did a uh, a teardown of basically Jesus's marketing and their logistics which they don't know us I don't know how they're just guessing or watching our content and, and this type of stuff but they were like putting these shout outs to like the logistics team and the marketing team and the production <laughs> team <laughs> and we're all just looking at each other like hey there's Allison Chris Dimitri <laughs> let's do it again so yeah we um. It's funny you asked that. It's going to reveal a little bit, but yeah, we're 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 still a small shop, and the the goal is to maintain that small culture and to, and to be doing things that are that are outsized for for what it looks like we should be able to do on paper. So I guess like everybody there has to wear a lot of different hats, wear wear a lot of different boots, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of different boots. Yeah. Yes, ah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We uh, it's it's very interesting. Uh, I just we just on Saturday. Of course, we had the big Jesus party. Yeah, Jesus block party. Jesus block party. Joe called me Saturday or Sunday, the day after. Goes, when's the party? I go, yesterday because I told you <laughs> all last week. And Joe goes, so they're not going to have a private one for me? I'm like, no, eclectic group of people, and I'm not talking about your staff that works. I'm talking about the people that come out and celebrate Jesus boots. There, you, 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 you kind of went with these are my people, but there is every. <laughs> my favorite guy there was uh, <coughs> was the Oriental guy, and um, he was in some weird outfit. But he was, if you really want to have fun, go to a Cheezos party. They 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 can't be beat. Uh, you always have great bands, and the two bands you had were uh, Comanche Moon and. Uh, Cowboy Cow- diplomacy. Cowboy diplomacy. Yeah, there's the 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 Jesus community is how we are able to compete at all. You know, this it really is not about us at Jesus. It's it's about the people that you know who have kind of put us on their shoulders and are, and are carrying us forward. And, and those events are awesome. That was our biggest one yet. I mean, we had you know 956 RSVPs. 
Yeah. And uh, it's it's a it's a huge thing. And so we open up our doors. We bring in, we give space to other Austin makers who are smaller than us who need a place to present. We don't charge them for that. We let them just show up. We've got local people cooking food every time, local bands. And then the, what's, what's awesome is that the Austin community comes out. But also we have people from Midland and people from Tyler, Texas, people from Alabama and Oklahoma. We had a group of three guys who flew in from California to get a taste of Texas, get their boots and flew back. And they came specifically for the party. That's awesome. And it's, you know, there's, there's uh and the parties couldn't happen without the community. You know, guys like you, Jamie, who's showing up, bringing your coolers, helping us set up early, bringing in stages like Chris Cormier brought it, yeah. loaned us the stage. You know, we've got, um, Thomas Lengel is actually printed the backdrop with this. We were with this for those listening. We, we had this, we had our, this, the stage and we had this, we had like a 12 foot, 15, 18 foot, something like that yeah. wide by, by, by 10 foot high backdrop. And we're like, what, what should we put on there? And I was starting these ideas. And Dimitri's like, I know what we need to put there. This Texas flag. And we're like, how do we get one that big? He's like, Thomas goes, I'll make it for you. And so we had, he custom made, he sewed it, custom, just like, <laughs> custom printed it. Just this giant yeah. Texas flag. And, and I think that that's, that's what's awesome is that, you know, the, the people that come together, I mean, Chisos is about, yes, I think the table stakes is making a better mousetrap, right? We make a damn good, damn comfortable pair of boots. But what is unique about the community is that we're all, there's this something about the sense of Texas that attracts people. Either you were born here or it called to you and that is who you see at those events. There's this, there's a sense of independence mixed with community. There's there's self reliance mixed with helping your neighbor. Sure, all blended together. Yeah, it, it's fun. And and tell them about your online presence so they can actually. I mean, you can go and anything you ever want to know about a boot, you can just throw it up to your Chizos community, and they do. Now, one of the one of the types of boots you do is the. Um, the uh out what is it called the uh not the the outsource the out the you know the suede the rough out the rough out i'm sorry gosh i can't remember oh the leather yes yeah, yeah the, the rough, rough out, out leather yeah so you know, all these people with rough out leather because you've moved them from one from different types because you you've named first of all let's go through the, the the names of your boots are numbers correct and that's because of they're named in the order of development just like oil wells used to be named go. or still are yeah okay so we got the number one etc so now these people will modify your boots, and I've never seen. I've, I mean, it started super with, fun. Yeah, it's super fun. They will make them different colors, and they're like, "Oh, look at my new Chizos that were, you know, they were, I don't know, what's kind of brown when you get them, and now they're either dark brown or black or brown." And the, there's like, it's somebody trying to outdo the next person. Well, what I think is super cool about this. So when we when I designed the boots, you know, we don't put a logo that's visible on the boots. You have the logo on the sole, but that gets that goes away as soon as you start walking. And on the heel, most companies put their logo there, but we put the state of Texas. And the reason for all this is that these boots should be yours. They should develop a patina that reflects your journey over time, not ours. And it's so satisfying to me to see people take something that we created and then modify it and make something that I never would have imagined. 
you know, and we see people who do, there's a, a verge of something about the tan boots and they made them maroon. Yeah. And there's uh, people. How do you do that? You, so the rough out can be dyed. Ah. And even the cow-eyed leathers can be, you can modify the colors on that with different different chemicals. And so people are getting really creative. Some people have actually got extra brands and they have branded like their initials onto the boots and stuff like that. So it, it, it's it's pretty fun to see what people are coming up with. I, I mean, the, the Jesus community always pops up in my Facebook and it's it's interesting. It's, it's a lot of fun because you'll get people that are asking like, hey, this one didn't break in just, and they'll, somebody will have something else like, hey, just wear it for a week and you'll be fine. And like, or here's but, this baseball trick. Yeah, that it's we a know baseball yeah. trick. <laughs> you throw you throw five baseballs down. You, <laughs> you you oil it really up and put it underneath your bed. Well, the Jamie Fraser special is driving it over with your Jeep. No, that was your special. <laughs> That's what you told me. He got me a. Uh, I I got a pair of boots and I liked Will's boots so much that I asked him like, "How'd you get them beat up in there?" And he you know beat up and looked and he's like, "Well, first of all, I said you just wear them." Yeah, can can you expedite this? He goes, "Well." I, I, you drove them over with your truck. I did. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm going to drive them over with my Jeep. So I drove mine over with my Jeep. And they look good. You know, Jeep, truck. Doesn't still matter. work? Still. Yeah, they still work. Everything's oh, yeah. Good. We did a whole video where we I pulled a, a Humvee with, a, with my truck and tied the toe straps to the pulls on a boot on a Chizo's boot and pulled it up a hill. Nice. Yeah. And then we and then we just really just we started shoving Tannerite, Tannerite and, 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 and blew <laughs> up. boots up. That was fun. It was amazingly hot up there. We it were, was so hot. We were at Doc. Uh, we were at Doc's ranch up in Valley Mills. It was over a hundred. Oh. July Fourth weekend. Yeah, it Oof. was. Yeah. It was not. Turns out an AR-15 will destroy a pair of Chisos boots. Enough. So. They're enough. not literally bulletproof. Did you? Yeah. Well, we ever. It wasn't. Who was it? Uh, Tesla and uh, Elon he gets <laughs> bulletproof, Th- throws the ball bearing at it, like not not ball bearing proof, just bulletproof. That's it. Work in progress. Yeah, work in progress. Work in progress. No, so how what, do you, I got yeah. a question about leather. Like, how do you do you like source all that yourself, or how do you go and find and get the leather? I thought for sure there was. An inappropriate joke. No. In there. Well, I mean, the, the <laughs> could be. I don't even know you, where you go with that, but okay. Yeah. But the you did. <laughs> so, uh, so we work with a tannery down in Mexico for most of our leather, and most boots are made with um, calfskin and juvenile leathers. And I l- went and saw the process and didn't want to drive the demand for the animal slaughter in that way. So what we do is we actually work with a dairy farm. And so these dairy cows have lived out their whole lives, uh, not a bad life, and then they retire, as would we you say. you like to get milked every day? <laughs> not a bad life. So they, they retire and uh, they they are they either die of natural causes or they're are they slaughtered at the end. And so we show up and say, hey, we'll take those hides. And they're typically not wanted by the industry because they have imperfections on them and they're different and they've got some brands on them. But we think that's super unique. And rather than having every pair of boots look identical to the one next to it, I want mine to be their own thing. And so we take those hides. We then they're thicker and stronger. And so we take, we have a process where we soften them up 
And they just become these fantastic hides for making cowboy boots out of. Uh, are you like a leather expert now about tan- tanning, tannering? Uh, no. Tannerizing? No, tan- tanning, no. I uh, Tannerizing and tan- tan- tanning and tannerite and tanner, what all those tannins. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't call myself an expert. No, that I, I trust my... Uh, resource down in Mexico who but I've been I go to his tannery and we help all of our all of the leathers we use are custom done to my specifications and and requirements and then but the thing that's also super awesome is that we also came out with the only batch produced Texas wild hunted gator boot in history <laughs> you got gator boots now yeah so we did we did a special edition where I went to East Texas and Hunted gators with me and Dimitri and Katie was on the team then. And, just and some knife. other friends. Just, just a knife. Just a knife. Just a knife and the, me and the gator and a knife. No, we, we use firearms. <laughs> we we wimped out. We use firearms. And uh, but there you can't. These aren't from a farm. They aren't juveniles. They are full grown gators and went through an insane process to then uh, harvest them, tan them, get them down to the workshop in Mexico, which is regulated, I think, by the Swiss with CITES, this international treaty on exotic animal trades. Like It would have been just as easy to move like a giraffe across the border <laughs> as these Texas gators. <laughs> but they're, they're spectacular, and nobody else has ever gir- done it. I just thought about giraffe bits. Yeah. That'd be badass. There's a thing you can get. You can like back in the day. If you can find an old pair, De- technically you're not supposed to buy them. You can be gifted them though. You can be gifted giraffe boots. Giraffe boots. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I mean, they're it's, it's you know it's, it's illegal now, just like sea sure. turtle and those type of things. But the ones that already exist, they don't like destroy them. It's like Brazilian rosewood. You can't import it anymore. They have fish boots. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Goldfish boots. Goldfish. That's me. Pair pair chew. Yeah, they, well, they, fish well, they would have. They'd have shark boots too. Well, yes, yeah. Yeah, shark boots. Yeah, great white. I want you to go get shoot yourself a great white. Wrestle it. I'll, I'll, I'll try and only with it. a knife. Only with a knife. Will was a very interesting man. We're here at his, at his memorial. But it, you know, it's it's. I, I think the motivation behind that, just to share a little bit into what kind of how we've we've come on the scene, is that you know if you look back at the beginning, like we're building boots right, we're building them a little bit different. And people were like, oh, you must be a clone of Tacovas or one of these other Justin or one of these other guys. And so we made a video where we cut our boots in half and we cut theirs in half and we put it on YouTube and we just showed everybody exactly what's in them. And that was huge. It was what, huge. What was the other YouTuber? Um, Rose Anvil. Rose Anvil. That was a gr- that's a great, if you haven't seen that, look it up. The Rose Anvil on uh, YouTube with the uh, Jesus boots. Yeah, he so he he does this for like a living. He uses like a ours was stylized. I used a real low quality uh, like sawzall. Everything's shaking. I was about to ask how do you how do you cut? I used a sawzall, which yeah. is a terrible idea. He used a bandsaw, yeah. and a bandsaw will just go bzz, bzz, and you're done. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was like thirty minutes with my arm trying to get through that steel shank. <laughs> uh, but you know the what it accomplished was was showing we are not the same. We are a different creature. There is no other boot like Chisos out there that you can get. You cannot find the combination of comfort and craft and durability and our, I think, you know, classic styling on any boot on the market except for Chisos. Then the next thing was that, okay, can you, are you as good? Can you compete with these higher end brands? So going 
all the way back to your question about exotics. Like Lucchese sells fifteen thousand dollar full gator boots. Yeah. The their ostrich boots start in like you know, twelve hundred and, and fourteen hundred and around there, and um, at least for ones that I've got um, on the shafts as well. And so uh, I was like, we I want to do something that they have never done, and so that's why we went and did a gator boot that we hunted and produced. And the the design on the top of the boot is called leather tooling. So you've got like basically a little chisel and a hammer and it's the entire relief of the Chisos mountain range in West Texas. Yeah. Every boot is unique. I mean, they're, they are, they are very, very proud of those. How many, how many boots do you get out of a gator? Depends on what part, how big the gator is, uh, from the belly, you can get, you know, if it's just say two pairs, Okay. From a so four boots from a medium sized gator of the belly, and then you can also you could also make it from horn back from the back, and that type of stuff. But the belly is the is the most prized sought after boot. Yeah, sought after portion. Yeah. Where where do are the ostrich locally produced here in Austin, Texas? We somewhere? take it from your backyard. Didn't Thank you, you notice? I <laughs> love that ostrich farm. What are you doing? I'm having an ostrich farm. They probably. I just tell. I would just tell uh, the city of Austin that they're chickens. <laughs> because it's legal. Apparently, everything with chickens is legal. Hundred percent. You have two thousand chickens in your backyard. Yes, they're all six feet tall. Yes. <laughs> we just have the free range chickens on that, Clifford. That's yeah. right. We do have free range chickens on Clifford, yeah. which is great. Yeah, it's always our our ostrich comes from South Africa, okay. which is where I mean South Africa eats ostrich like we eat cow. Sure. So they have this massive industry. And so almost all of the world's ostrich leather does come from South Africa. Ostrich steak. Ostrich, yeah, we, I haven't had an ostrich steak, but we've got lots of leather. And, and they, so they're graded like ABC. And within A, we have what we call AAA, which we even, we even, we take the best and then we take the best of that. And we make sure that there's consistency and quality, the size of the quills, all that type of stuff. And we also work with, you know, farms that, have, of course, have a reputation and certification for the animal treatment along the way, all that, all that great stuff. Um, I have a funny story, though, about Johnny Cash and ostriches. Do tell. Uh, so when, when I was doing the research on ostrich, so Johnny Cash had a exotic game ranch in Tennessee. And I mean, it was his own ranch, but he saw these exotic animals from around the world that he collected. And he had two ostrich on it, male and a female. And for years, he never had a problem. And then the female died. And the male started to get a little antsy, not having his companion. And Johnny was out going for a walk one evening. And he, and he left and he, you know walked and turned around, came back on the path. And the male ostrich had blocked his path. Uh-oh. And it was facing off with him. He, he blocked his pass and lit some candles. <laughs> <laughs> and Cash looked around and he found the this is his own his own telling. Found the biggest stick he could. He knew that an altercation was happening, and he squared up against the ostrich. He wasn't going to back down from his ostrich. <laughs> and he took one step forward, and that ostrich launched into the air, talon out, closed the gap. Hit Cash in the sternum, split his stomach open as he came all the way down oh. until he hit this giant Texas belt buckle uh. that Johnny happened to be wearing, who he had gotten from a, a gift from a Texan when he had done a show there. 
and that talon hit the belt buckle and it snapped the talon and Johnny fell to the ground and the bird fell to the ground and he got up, hit it in the head with the stick, <laughs> ran off to the house and he credited the fact that he didn't die that day to his Texas belt buckle. True story. True story. Folklore. No. True story. A little clap for Johnny. And now you Cash. know. Clap for Johnny. The rest Thank of the story. Johnny Cash versus one ostrich. Undefeated. I thought that was pretty fun. That's awesome. I love it. Um, so where do you see you guys in the future? Where are we tracking to? What what is what is the end of Chiso's boots? It's not the end, but I mean, what is our next vision here? I think you should start a commune. <laughs> you should. I have thought about starting the oh. Church of Chisos. Oh. Yes. Because tell, they tell don't pay more. property taxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And we, I want to have, uh, eventually I want to have a, a ranch in the hill country, Chisos Ranch. And I want you to be able to come and I want I want there to be uh, a breakfast restaurant overlooking this beautiful hill country view. And I want there to be overnight accommodations and the Chiso's flagship store. Ostriches. And some what, ostriches, what ostriches in the distance. Ostrich cage Some long horns, some horses you can go ride in your boots. I want I want all that. Um, and uh, with the Church of Chiso's, it means it would all be tax-free. Be tax-free. <laughs> all our parishioners must wear Chiso's. That's right. No, no requirements, just no suggestions. Requirements, just suggestions. Just suggestions. Um, as long as you don't serve Kool-Aid, I'm in. That's yeah. <laughs> So that's Californians deserve Kool Aid, man. The old Jim Jones. Um, I want to build the biggest possible community-led boot company that we can, and that means that there will be natural points at which we we cap out. The goal is not to build the biggest boot company possible and to change the production process and to bring back in plastics and just pump out big numbers and, and, and all that kind of stuff, because this is, this is how I exist in Austin and in Texas at large. You know, it's fun being the boot guy and it's fun and fulfilling hosting these events and bringing people together and being able to take care and, and, you know, shepherd a team that uh, is really doing something quite remarkable. I think taking on these big companies. And so, all right, Let's tell the people where are you located. I mean, where are you located? We're in South Austin. Where? What's your address in South Austin? Thirty-five zero seven South First Street, Austin, which is Texas. amazing location because there's a thing that looks out of place there, and that's the Chisos Boots headquarters. It's like a house surrounded by buildings, and it's uh, it's it's a cool spot. It is. Really how did cool you find spot. that place? Um, I love how Jamie just cut me off in the middle of it. He's like this this. this. You're too long-winded. We have to wrap this up. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we're to wrap you're this kinda, up. You, I don't. I want to wrap it up. I just like want to know where you're at. Uh, I found it. I found it on Craigslist. Get I, out of here. Right? I, I had had a. I had had a you know real estate agent looking for places for months, and this is you know when when the world shut down in the pandemic. This is we opened a shop <laughs> in August of 2020. We're and, going broke. <laughs> and we we had found, yeah. Well, the, what it was is I I got on Craigslist. And I, you know, was looking and looking and looking, and then I saw this ad, and I was like, "This, it sounds kind of like it's written by like a Nigerian scammer." <laughs> but I was like, and the photos are weird; they're clearly outdated and too small. You know, it has all those like trappings, yeah. but there was, some, but it had a phone number, and so I texted the number, 
And it texted back. And I said, well, can I come see it? And they said, yes, tomorrow morning. And so I said, okay. And I showed up. And what it was, it was this little grandma who's not technology savvy. Sure. And so she had bought this property in the early, in the 90s, I think, and had a flower shop there, a nursery. And then had converted it to basically being a commercial rental. And so there was a, there was like a, a design agency in there at one point. There was a temp agency, and they were freaking out because of the pandemic, and they wanted out of their lease. Right. And so she posted on Craigslist. Like four hours later, I texted her. The next morning, I saw it. And by that, uh, 24 hours after that, we signed a lease agreement. And a week later, the company moved out, and we moved in. That's awesome. And it was just bang. Worked, worked out beautifully. It worked out beautifully. It was almost meant, meant to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great events. If you... If you haven't been to one of these, you got to get yourself. When's the next event coming? Crawfish. Out? When are you doing crawfish? We've done crawfish. We did yeah, that yeah. last year. Yeah, I remember. It was good. I came. Oh. I made it to that one. Oh, that's right. You did. That's right. We kids still can't go back to super slides after they saw you and your shirt off. <laughs> I know. No, it's bad. Uh, we the next one is November 11th. This fall will be our four year anniversary party. Oh wow, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, name some of your charities you give to. Uh, Big Bend Conservation Alliance, the Hill Country Conservancy, Texas Parks and Wildlife. So we we donate every year a percentage of all of our sales to Texas land conservation. We focus primarily on Big Bend and the Chisos Mountains, but we also do the entire state. And you also helped out the Military Museum right over here at Camp Mabry. This is true. So awesome. in the spring, yeah, we support the Texas Military Forces Museum at Camp Mabry, which is the only museum dedicated to the Texas military, and it's quite good. You all should go, and it's free. And you also offer a military discount on your products. We do. Which is amazing, and we thank you. Our veterans, Joe thanks you. I think. No. No, Joe doesn't thank you. Joe (laughs) Joe wants the PhD astrophysics discount. Is there anything in there? Nothing. I think there's an ad, there's an upcharge. There's an upcharge. All right, hey, I'm going to wrap it up. Do you have anything else you want to say to the to the Morty Unleashed since you're our primary sponsor, Cheese's Boots, the boots that fit like leather slippers. That's right. Um, I just want to say thanks for having me on. I think it's oh, great. I, love you on. I think it's great what you guys are doing. I think it's fun. Jamie, well, you're a natural at this. We'll have you back. Don't stop. I'll I'll never stop. We're on number five. We only got to have like two or three thousand more, and we'll be profitable. That's right. <laughs> we'll get our stride at episode like two hundred or yeah, so. Like episode two hundred, yeah. All right, that was uh, that's a wrap for Cheese uh, for Cheese's boots. Will Roman, the Chief Texan Joe, thank you for showing up. I know it's a long walk from your house down to my studio to the Clifford Studio right here it's in taxing. East Austin. Yeah. Morty Unleashed, sponsored by Cheese's boots. Thanks, Will. Appreciate you having here. Morty Unleashed, where helicopters and astrophysics collide. Good. Cheese those boots. Best damn cowboy boots in Texas. And everywhere else. Cheese those boots. Damn comfortable cowboy boots. <laughs>